Chapter 17, verses 1 through 9 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. And after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, talking with him. Then answered Peter, and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. Rigmigius, In this transfiguration, undergone on the mount, the Lord fulfilled within six days the promise made to his disciples, that they should have a sight of his glory, as it is said, and after six days he took Peter and James and John his brother. Jerome, it is made a question how it could be after six days he took them, when Luke says eight. The answer is easy, that here is reckoned only the intervening days, there the first and the last are also added. Chrysostom, he does not take them up immediately upon the promise being made, but six days after, for this reason, that the other disciples might not be touched with any human passion as a feeling of jealousy, or else that during these days' space those disciples who were to be taken up might be kindled with a more eager desire. Rabanus, justly was it after six days that he showed his glory, because after six ages is to be the resurrection. Origin, or because in six days this whole visible world was made, and so he who is above all the things of this world may ascend into the high mountain, and there see the glory of the word of God. Chrysostom, he took these three because he set them before others, but observe how Matthew does not conceal who were preferred to himself. The like does John also when he records the preeminent praise given to Peter, for the company of apostles was free from jealousy and vainglory. Hilary, in the three thus taken up with him, the election of people out of the three stocks of Shem, Ham, and Japhet is figured. Rabanus, or he took only three disciples with him, because many are called, but few chosen, or because they who now hold in incorrupt mind the faith of the Holy Trinity shall then joy in the everlasting beholding of it. Rigmigius, when the Lord was about to show his disciples the glory of his brightness, he led them into the mountain, as it follows, and he took them up into a high mountain apart. Here in teaching that it is necessary for all who seek to contemplate God that they should not grovel in weak pleasures, but by love of things above should be ever raising themselves toward heavenly things, and to show his disciples that they should not look for the glory of the divine brightness in the gulf of the present world, but in the kingdom of the heavenly blessedness. He leads them apart because the saints are separated from the wicked by their whole soul and devotion of their faith and shall be utterly separated in the future or because many are called but few chosen. It follows and he was transfigured before them. Jerome, such as he is to be in the time of the judgment, such was he now seen of the apostles. Let none suppose that he lost his former form and liniments, or laid aside his bodily reality, taking upon him a spiritual or ethereal body. 
how his transfiguration was accomplished, the evangelist shows, saying, His face did shine as the sun, and his raiment became white as snow. For that his face is said to shine, and his raiment described to become white, does not take away his substance, but confer glory. In truth, the Lord was transformed into that glory, in which he shall hereafter come in his kingdom. The transformation enhanced the brightness, but did not destroy the countenance. Although the body were spiritual, whence also his raiment was changed, it became white to such a degree as, in the expression of another evangelist, no fuller on earth can whiten them. But all this is property of matter, and is the subject of the touch, not of the spirit and ethereal, an illusion upon the sight only, beheld in phantasm. Rigmigius. If then the face of the Lord shone as the sun, and the saints shall shine as the sun, are then the brightness of the Lord and the brightness of his servants to be equal? By no means. But for as much as nothing is known more bright than the sun, therefore, to give some illustration of the future resurrection, it is expressed to us that the brightness of the Lord's countenance and the brightness of the righteousness shall be as the sun. Origin. Mystically, when any one has passed the six days, as we have said, he beholds Jesus transfigured before the eyes of his heart. For the word of God has various forms, appearing to each man according as he knows that will be expedient for him. And he shows himself to none in a manner beyond his capacity, whence he says not simply he was transfigured, but before them. For Jesus in the Gospels is merely understood by those who do not mount by means of exalting works and words upon the high mountain of wisdom, but to them that do mount up thus, he is no longer known according to the flesh, but is understood to be God the Word. Before these, then, Jesus is transfigured, and not before those who live sunk in worldly conversation, but these before whom he is transfigured have been made sons of God, and he is shown to them as the Son of Righteousness. His raiment is made white as the light, that is, the words and sayings of the Gospels with which Jesus is clothed, according to those things which were spoken of him by the Apostles. Gloss, or the raiment of Christ, shadows out the saints, of whom Elias says, With all these shalt thou clothe thee as with a garment. And they are likened to snow, because they shall be white with virtues, and all the heat of vices shall be put far away from them. It follows, and there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, talking with them. Chrysostom. There are many reasons why these should appear. The first is this, because the multitude said he was Elias, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He here brings with him the chief of the prophets, that hence at least may be seen the difference between the servants and the Lord. Another reason is this, because the Jews were ever charging Jesus with being a transgressor of the law and a blasphemer and usurping to himself the glory of the Father, that he might prove himself guiltless of both charges. He brings forward those who were eminent in both particulars, Moses who gave the law, and Elias who was jealous for the glory of God. Another reason is that they might learn that he has the power of life and death, by producing Moses who was dead, and Elias who had not yet experienced death. A further reason also the evangelist discovers, that he might show the glory of his cross, and thus soothe Peter, and the other disciples, who were fearing his death. For they talked, as another evangelist declares, of his decrease, 
which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Wherefore, he brings forward those who had exposed themselves to death for God's pleasure, and for the people that believed, for both had willingly stood before tyrants, Moses before Pharaoh, Elias before Ahab. Lastly, also, he brings them forward that the disciples should emulate their privileges and be meek as Moses and zealous as Elias. Hilary, also that Moses and Elias, only out of the whole number of saints, stood with Christ, means that Christ in his kingdom is between the law and the prophets, for he shall judge Israel in the presence of the same by whom he was preached to them. Origen, however, if any man discerns a spiritual sense in the law agreeing with the teaching of Jesus, and in the prophets finds the hidden wisdom of Christ, he beholds Moses and Elias in the same glory with Jesus. Jerome, it is to be remembered also that when the scribes and Pharisees asked signs from heaven, he would not give any. But now to increase the apostles' faith, he gives a sign. Elias descends from heaven, whither he was gone up, and Moses shall arise from hell, as Ahaz is bidden by Isaiah to ask him a sign in the heaven above or in the depth beneath. Chrysostom. Hereupon follows what the warm Peter spake. Peter answered and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here, because he had heard that he must go up to Jerusalem. He yet fears for Christ, but after his rebuke, he dares not again say, Be propitious to thyself, Lord, but suggest the same covertly under other guise. For seeing in this place great quietness and solitude, he thought this would be a fit place to take up their abode in, saying, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And he sought to remain here ever. Therefore he proposes the tabernacles. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles. For he concluded that if he should do this, Christ would not go up to Jerusalem. And if he should not go up to Jerusalem, he should not die. For he knew that there the scribes laid in wait for him. Rigmigius. Otherwise, at this view of the majesty of the Lord and his two servants, Peter was so delighted that, forgetting everything else in the world, he would abide here forever. But if Peter was then so fired with admiration, what ravishment will it not be to behold the king in his proper beauty, and to mingle in the choir of the angels, and of all the saints? In that Peter says, Lord, if thou wilt, he shows the submission of a dutiful and obedient servant. Jerome, yet thou art wrong, Peter, and, as another evangelist says, knowest not what thou sayest. Think not of three tabernacles, when there is but one tabernacle of the gospel, in which both the law and prophets are to be repeated. But if thou wilt have three tabernacles, set not the servants equal with their Lord, but make three tabernacles. Yea, make one for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they whose divinity is one may have but one tabernacle in thy bosom. Rigmigius. It was wrong, moreover, in desiring that the kingdom of the elect should be set up on earth when the Lord had promised to give it in heaven. He was wrong also in forgetting that himself and his fellows were mortal, and in desiring to come to eternal felicity without taste of death. Rabanus. Also, in supposing that tabernacles were to be built for a conversation in heaven in which houses are not needed, as it is written in the Apocalypse, I saw not any temple therein. Verses 5-7 through seven. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, 
And behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them, and said, Arise, and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man, save Jesus only. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man, until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. Jerome, while they thought only of an earthly tabernacle, of bows or tents, they are overshadowed by the covering of a bright cloud. While he yet spake, there came a bright cloud and overshadowed them. Chrysostom, when the Lord threatens, he shows a dark cloud, as on Sinai. But here, where he sought not to terrify but to teach, there appeared a bright cloud. Origen, the bright cloud overshadowing the saints, is the power of the Father, or perhaps the Holy Spirit. Or I may also venture to call the Savior that bright cloud which overshadows the gospel, the law, and the prophets, as they understand who can behold his light in all these three. Jerome, for as much as Peter had asked unwisely, he deserves not any answer, but the Father makes answer for the Son, that the Lord's word might be fulfilled. He that sent me, he beareth witness of me. Chrysostom, neither Moses nor Elias speak, but the Father, greater than all, sends a voice out of the cloud, that the disciples might believe that this voice was from God. For God has ordinarily shown himself in a cloud, as it is written, clouds and darkness are round about him. And this is what is said, Behold, a voice out of the cloud. Jerome, the voice of the Father is heard speaking from heaven, giving testimony to the Son, and teaching Peter the truth, taking away his error, and through Peter the other disciples also, whence he proceeds, This is my beloved Son, for him make the tabernacle, him obey. This is the Son, they are but servants, and they also ought, as you, to make ready a tabernacle for the Lord in the inmost parts of their heart. Chrysostom Fear not, then, Peter, for if God is mighty, it is manifest that the Son is also mighty. Wherefore, if he is loved, fear not thou, for none forsakes him whom he loves. Nor dost thou love him equally with the Father, neither does he love him merely because he begot him, but because he is of one will with himself, as it follows, in whom I am well pleased, which is to say, in whom I rest content, whom I accept. For all things of the Father he performs with care, and his will is one with the Father. So if he will to be crucified, do not then speak against it. Hilary, this is the Son, this is the Beloved, this the Accepted, and he it is who is to be heard, as the voice out of the cloud signifies, saying, Hear ye him. For he is a fit teacher of doing the things he has done, who has given the weight of his own example to the loss of the world, the joy of the cross, the death of the body, and after that the glory of the heavenly kingdom. Rigmigius. He says, therefore, Hear ye him, as much as to say, Let the shadow of the law be passed, and the types of the prophets and follow ye the one shining light of the gospel. Or, he says, hear ye him, to show that it was he whom Moses had foretold. The Lord your God shall raise up a prophet unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him ye shall hear. 
Thus the Lord had witnesses on all sides, from heaven the voice of the Father, Elias out of paradise, Moses out of Hades, the apostles from among men, that at the name of Jesus everything should bow the knee, of things in heaven, things on earth, and things beneath. Origen. The voice out of the cloud speaks either to Moses or Elias, who desired to see the Son of God and to hear him, or it is for the teaching of the apostles. Gloss. It is to be observed that the mystery of the second regeneration, that, to wit, which shall be in the resurrection, when the flesh shall be raised again, agrees well with the mystery of the first which is in baptism, when the soul is raised again. For in the baptism of Christ is shown the working of the whole Trinity. There was the Son incarnate, the Holy Ghost appearing in the figure of a dove, and the Father made known by the voice. In like manner, in the transfiguration, which is the sacrament of the second regeneration, the whole Trinity appeared, the Father in the voice, the Son in the man, and the Holy Spirit in the cloud. It is made a question how the Holy Spirit was shown there in the dove, here in the cloud, because it is his manner to mark his gifts by specific outward forms, and the gift of baptism is innocence, which is denoted by the bird of purity. But as in the resurrection he is to give splendor and refreshment, therefore in the cloud are denoted both the refreshment and the brightness of the rising bodies. It follows, and when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and feared greatly. Jerome. Their cause of terror is threefold, because they knew that they had done amiss, or because the bright cloud had covered them, or because they heard the voice of the Father speaking, for human frailty cannot endure to look upon so great glory, and falls to the earth trembling through both soul and body. And by how much higher anyone has aimed, so much lower will be his fall, if he shall be ignorant of his own measure. Rigmigius Whereas the holy apostles fell upon their faces, that was a proof of their sanctity, for the saints are always described to fall upon their faces, but the wicked to fall backwards. Chrysostom. But when before in Christ's baptism such a voice came from heaven, yet none of the multitude then present suffered anything of this kind, how is it that the disciples on the mount fell prostrate? Because in sooth their solicitude was much, the height and loneliness of the spot great, and the transfiguration itself attended with terrors. The clear light and the spreading cloud, all these things together wrought to terrify them. Jerome, and whereas they were laid down and could not raise themselves again, he approaches them, touches them gently, that by his touch their fear might be banished and their unnerved limbs gained strength. And Jesus drew near and touched them, and he further added his word to his hand, and said unto them, Arise, fear not. He first banishes their fear, that they may after impart teaching. It follows, And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man, save Jesus only, which was done with good reason. For had Moses and Elias continued with the Lord, it might have seemed uncertain to which in particular the witness of the Father was born. Also, they see Jesus standing after the cloud has been removed, and Moses and Elias disappeared, because after the shadow of the law and prophets has departed, both are found in the gospel. It follows, And as they came down from the mount, Jesus charged them, saying, 
tell no man of this vision until the Son of Man shall rise from the dead. He will not be preached among the people, lest the marvel of the thing should seem incredible, and lest the cross following after so great glory should cause offense. Rigmigius, or because if his majesty should be published among the people, they should hinder the dispensation of his passion by resistance to the chief priests, and thus the redemption of the human race should suffer impediment. Hilary, he enjoins silence respecting what they had seen for this reason, that when they should be filled with the Holy Spirits, they should then become witnesses of these spiritual deeds. End of chapter 17, verses 1 through 9.